So right now I'm setting up because you guys have been waiting. I wanted to give you something special, so I took a month off. No explanation. I did this for a year. I deserve to have a break. But right now, it's time to channel what I have to do for this show, which is mine. Because it's, what's it called? What's it called, you may ask? Whatever the fuck you want it to be. Because it's me, it's your girl T, and we out here, and it's season two up in this piece. Fuck is you talking about? I had to get crazy on y'all real quick. I'm not going to whisper, but maybe I should, but maybe I shouldn't. Right now, only one headphone is working, so if I'm too loud, I'm sorry in advance. Make sure you turn this down. If I'm too loud, turn down your sound. I don't know what else to say, but I'm making sure this little intro is a minute long because this is my song. I'm shimmying. I'm shimmying my shoulders. I'm having my two thumbs up because that's what I do. I'm just going to be cool. I am the coolest that I know person around. Nobody could compete with my sound. This is not drumline. No one band, no one sound. But this is my sound because this is my show. And now we're just going to go head right into the intro. everyone it's december we finally made it towards the end of the year we're finally freaking here i this year is kind of like a up and down blur it kind of works but then it doesn't but um i know next year i'm not with the bullshit i i'm really at that point now yeah excuse me but what i am at the point of doing is recording a nice little episode for y'all the one that y'all voted for the one that y'all wanted me to talk about and it's only right that i go out and do extensive research and make sure that this is the best episode that i could give y'all because y'all wanted this okay i made a um, i made a suggestion y'all wanted it so y'all gonna get it all right this is just what it is but i digress so welcome to an aos production season two season two of what's it called what's it called you may ask whatever it takes i know i'm gonna do drugs (laughs) the degrassi versus euphoria edition and I, that's the title of the episode. Whatever it takes, I'm gonna do drugs. No? No? Shit, that's what I'm gonna call it. Shit, anyway. 
So overall, I really wanted to make sure this episode was like the bee's fucking knees. So I've been typing, I've been writing, I've been planning, I've been thoroughly doing this shit because it's what y'all deserve. Um, uh, but we just gonna get right into it. So overall, we all know about Degrassi, the next generation, and we all know about Euphoria. Um, a lot of people are saying that, which is, is kind of, but kind of, sort of, not really. Degrassi, I mean, not Degrassi, excuse me. Euphoria is Degrassi if it were on HBO. I see no lies, because if we're really going to think about it, that last episode of season one of Degrassi, The Next Generation, when Ashley took that damn e-pill, that shit could have gone way, way left if they wanted to, but they had to keep it team-friendly, okay? The e-pill was enough. She's taking drugs, that's it, but they ain't had to show the whole you know, highness of it, or at least they didn't have to show it in a expressive, explicit way like they do with Rue. And please, let's start a foundation to get Rue some help. For real. I'm nervous for our girl. Because I'm pretty sure she gonna get got. Our girl's gonna get got, y'all. She gonna get got. So first, before we go into... The next generation versus euphoria debate we have to go through the history of both shows and because it's not even a coin toss but because euphoria was only like two seasons the production behind it is long but euphoria is in its first edition degrassi is literally probably going to be on its fifth soon i don't know if they're still going to do it but a fun fact Degrassi actually started in 1979. Yeah. So that's 40 years? Yeah. So I want to get this shit out the way. So we're going to just do the first part. This may be a two-parter episode, depending on how long the first episode will be. And um, yeah, we're going to do it that way. So to start off, the show was created by a former school teacher, Linda Schuller, and her friend Kit Hood, who would both make the later editions of the series. So these two have been doing this shit since 79. And the first edition of the Degrassi saga, I should say, was called The Kids of Degrassi Street. And it would run from 1979 to 1986, and it took place in Canada. Now, you know how, for instance, like, with um uh frick like proud family how we thought it like was like so many seasons whole time the original was only two seasons they just stretched the fuck out of that damn show as they should the same thing happened with the kids on degrassi street so the same actors or at least some of them like a good handful of the same actors who were on the kids of degrassi street would be featured in later editions of the series um I really didn't look at the Kids of Degrassi Street, but if we're going to make it make sense, just think of the first edition as like after school specials, but they say a boot a lot, you know, because it's Canadian. Fuck y'all, that was funny. I laughed. (laughs) So with that show being said, I think it just set the tone. And then it's just like, well, hey, why don't we use some of the kids from this one? and put them in junior high because now the kids are teenagers 
now we could get into certain things that teenagers go through. Now, note, this is around, this is the 80s. They couldn't show much, but I'm pretty damn sure them teenagers in the 80s was getting buck. They was getting buck and fuck. I'm, I'm not sorry for saying it like that, but they was definitely getting buck and fuck. Throughout. No issue. No problem. It was the 80s. But then the crazy part is about the 80s is that when it comes to the sexual part, America just wanted to be like, oh no, we're too classy. Hold Tom. The horniest motherfuckers you gonna meet is Americans. God damn, that's all I'ma say. Eh, tea for another day. So the next edition, this is the second part of the saga, which was Degrassi Junior High. And in this segment, I'm going to talk about, like, the characters that are in it as well as, like, the start of it that mainly, that mainly molded what was to come of future seasons and future editions of the show. And um, it's basically going to be, like, more in-depth than it would be for Degrassi High because the same people we have in Degrassi Junior High are going to be the same people in Degrassi High as well as making reappearances in Degrassi the next generation so it's like get all of it out the way in this one edition and then we like branch off of it in the next um couple sections so Degrassi Junior High was produced in the late 80s and it aired between 1987 and 1989 so as soon as the kids of Degrassi Street ended in 1986 that's when we got Degrassi Junior High and the program was aired on PBS in the US, BBC in the UK and in Western Europe, and ABC in Australia. The end, before it was be called Teen Nick, anybody who is my age group knows like what I'm talking about. I, I don't have to go in depth with the thing. I don't have to go in depth with anything. Y'all remember the end. Girl, if you had an older sibling or an older cousin like myself, or just was um channel surfing, you know what the end was. Um, it would air old episodes of Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High during its throwback block. And it's funny because I remember when On Demand looked like On Demand for Comcast. And I remember they would sit up there and show previews of what the old Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High looked like. Now, me personally, I wanted to see them, but my young ass, I couldn't find out how to get there. Because they just show you a preview and you're just supposed to know how to get there. I need directions, Comcast. But it's all right. I found a way to watch them, okay? So this was the one teen show that did actually go there in terms of teen problems that most people and shows were hesitant to tackle during this time period, such as drug abuse, child abuse, pedophilia, teen pregnancy, homosexuality, and body issues. And it spanned for three seasons with the number of 42 episodes altogether, and it only included grades eight and seven. Um, how I could put Degrassi Junior High, how I even got introduced to it, because, you know, we all knew about The Next Generation. And then I remember wanting to watch episodes of The Next Generation, but the earlier seasons, and then I'm type like, wait a second, there's more Degrassi? And then I, I started watching it during high school, and this is around the time when YouTube would actually have um, shows and of old, like shows of old episodes, excuse me, episodes of old shows that were on line and stuff like that. So this is before Hulu was, you know, this is during, actually, no, I'll, 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 I'll correct that. 
No, I won't. Hulu at the time was upcoming and upstarting. Like, and starting up. I don't know what the fuck I said upstarting. That was a word. I'm not sorry. Um, but Hulu was basically a baby. And you could watch these episodes on YouTube. Of course, this is when YouTube started introducing ads during their videos. And then as you grow up and as you as you grow up, as it got more popular, Hulu then started, they started moving the episodes of Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High um, along to the Hulu platform. But before Hulu started the subscriptions like they do now, and before they came heavy, you could watch old Call me off guard, y'all. I'm sorry. I was nervous. But you could watch old episodes of Degrassi and Degrassi Junior High. Well, Degrassi High and Junior High. But the first season on Hulu for free. You just had to deal with the ads. And um, with all that being said and done, at the point that it came out, I was just watching. And I'm just like, oh, wow. And during this time, like I would say middle high school, I was definitely obsessed with the 80s and 90s. Definitely obsessed. Like, totally obsessed. Like, I reintroduced myself to TLC. I reintroduced myself to the basement crew. Um, you know, Whitney, Michael Prince, any of that, like MTV raps, anything like that, I reintroduced myself to. So I digress. I just wanted to give a little history about how I even found the freaking show. And that's how I found it. You know, it was, if PBS was showing it for free, CBS, CBC, whatever the fuck, they were showing it for free. I watched it for free. And honestly, I will say that junior high and high, if you could get past the time that it took place in, like the 80s and 90s, it still holds up to this day. It, it, it truly does. If you could get past the era that it takes place in, it still holds up to this day. And it's crazy to say this, but shit, this shit is still happening. Like, it's still reoccurring and it's still happening and it's still being shown in different ways to this day. So I'm going to talk about season one. So in season one, we are introduced to our lovable cast and they have class of 92 and class of 93. Now, in the Degrassi series period, it was always about two classes until in the next generation and later years, then it became about like, then you real, then they would do like semesters in between instead of actual the whole year. So then it would be kind of hard for me to follow anyway, because I'm like, wait, what class is she in? What class is he in? Oh, wow. When it before, it was like, oh, grade eight, grade seven. And now the grade eights are grade nine. This, that, the third. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So in season one, we're introduced. So class 1992 includes Stephanie K, who's a rebellious school president from a broken home and reinventing herself as quote unquote loose. Viola Grivagianis. I know I butchered that, but please forgive me. A girl who has high expectations and strict parents who struggles with being a regular teen while keeping herself morals. Morals. Joey Jeremiah, and I legit put in his description, Playboy. If y'all want to know if y'all really are interested, look at first episode of Junior High Season 1. And you're going to see why I said that. Because how his line delivery of that, insane. Just 
it is just so like <laughs> and it suits him I digress so um he's just your regular class clown who messes with underclassmen and he's one out of the trio for zip remedy and it's a band that includes Joey Jeremiah wheels and snake and speaking of wheels and snake Derek wheels wheeler is a troubled teen who is coping with his adopted parents and meeting his biological dad and he plays the bass in zip remedy Je- uh, joey plays keyboard by the way archibald snake simpson the gentle giant who is also in the zip remedy and plays guitar now in the next generation you definitely will see a lot of mr simpson and you definitely will see um for the first few seasons you will see joey jeremiah like you'll see a few of the old gang like the old teen cast from the first editions in the next generation if you pay attention if you play close attention um and then we have lucy fernandez who's a popular girl with neglectful parents and a shoplifter then we have ld lorraine delacour an athletic tomboy feminist dealing with her sick father and having a deceased mother and literally for season one, they have Heather and Erica Farrell. They're just twins. They're twins. But in the first season, they don't really go... They, like, you just see them as twins. But later down the line, they start having their own storylines. And they each have, like, their own personality that fits them. And then you have Christine Spike Nelson, an easygoing punk rocker who is impacted by her teen pregnancy and literally the one who birthed the next generation and then shane mckay an impossible party boy who gets his girlfriend um pregnant then we have class of 1993 which includes caitlin ryan you will see her a lot being a love interest of joey jeremiah like i want to say before i even get into who she is she's first of all let me just say it now she's a human rights activist and aspiring journalist and think of joey and caitlin as like the couple you want to root for think of joey and caitlin as like sean and emma when you really wanted sean and emma to be together think of joey and caitlin when you think of damn y'all i'm really trying to think but low-key i'm thinking like damn half of those couples were toxic as hell yeah because oh man when you think about it i mean jt and liberty and ashley and jimmy chaba and then Paige and Spinner. <clears throat> but then again girl, let's just say caitlin and joey jeremiah set the damn tone for just being that couple like it's just that couple fans of the old editions of the grassy they'll tell you oh i love joey and caitlin joey and caitlin were supposed to be end game and that's it because i can't compare the asses you're gonna go into that but not right now and then we have um suzy rivera who's the school's vice president melanie brody is a gawky yet open-minded girl who is self-conscious about her image kathleen mead is a bitch She's a bitch, but she got a lot of shit going on. But girl, she's a bitch. Bitch. Um, Rick Monroe, a bad boy who suffers from an abusive home life and is um, repeating grade seven. Arthur Kobaleski, an awkward outcast who is living in the shadow of his older sister, Stephanie Kay. 
and Yik Yu, a nerdy outcast who wants to fit in and struggling with school and Arthur's partner in crime. Now, if you look at how they recycled characteristic traits for the next generation, like for instance, you have um, Lucy Fernandez. She was a, I want to say she was a black girl, but I think she was Spanish. I mean, I know her last name's Fernandez, but I'm like, was like, you know, she was a girl of color. I'll say that much. But um, her being the popular girl with neglectful parents, you know, and things like that. That's Jimmy. Um, well, Joey Jeremiah is Craig, just without the bipolar. Um, Caitlin is Emma. Um, Arthur and Yick are like JT and Toby. It goes like that. Um, the Grassy Junior High seasons two and three. So season two was just a continuation of the same year, just after winter break. With a few new additions, but not that many that stuck out to me anyway. It was just a continuation. Like you got like a few new additions, but that was it. That was it. Um, season three dig dug deep more, I should say, because in that season, they were dealing with death, homosexuality, the results of neglectful parents, drugs, the birth of, and the birth of the next generation, like racism and a fire that causes the school to burn down, eating disorders, all that good stuff, all that good stuff that makes um, teen, you know, dramas great, okay? So, remember Kathleen, the one I said that was the bitch? Her mother is um, an alcoholic, and dealing with her being her Kathleen being the parent and her mother literally not being responsible she ends up having an eating disorder and she really projects and takes her like um, problems out on her friends when she doesn't mean to but it just comes out so like just natural for her It's, it's it's sad um wheels you see a big change in him during his time on the for in junior high because his adopted parents um that he thought was his parents finds out he's adopted then they get into a car accident then they pass away and he struggles to you know meet his actual biological father his grandparents raise him it's just a whole lot um yeah also the racism part was there was this couple and the girl's father it's like they tried to make it a big thing which it was a big thing but they just didn't give them enough attention to me like their storyline really could have went on but and it kind of did but just it didn't gravitate or grasp me like I wanted it to like for instance the girl who um was in the relationship her father was very racist and he did not want his daughter to be with old boy and um yeah so then he emancipates she emancipates herself from her dad I guess in Canada in the 80s you could do that and um you know they live she lives by herself and it's hard because she's a teen that's working and that's also emancipated also this comes up again in the later seasons and the later editions like kids really could emancipate themselves from their parents in Canada crazy and um yeah and they just work it out and they're like you know still struggling with being in an interracial couple and everything but overall 
it works out for the best of them. So then, Degrassi High, I'm going to talk about this briefly. And the new rendition, the series follows the same cast of middle schoolers from the previous series as our lovable teens deal with even more severe issues as abortion, such as abortion, cancer, death, suicide, and AIDS. With its time on TV, it earned itself six awards. It then, of course, ended with the TV movie Schools Out, which aired on CBC January 5th, 1992. Also the first time the F-bomb was introduced on Canadian TV. So Degrassi High got more gritty. I should say the suicide episode was um, about this boy, Claude, that Caitlin was dating after she broke up with Joey. And Claude, I guess, because he was just so depressed and he just couldn't do it. Snake walks in on the bathroom. Spoilers. Snake walks in in the bathroom and he notices Claude's lifeless body. They didn't show his, you know, brain actually, you know, but... He is in the pool of his blood in the bathroom stall and then Snake is just shook up by that and he's really trying to handle and and deal with that in his in the way that he can. Um, AIDS, there's a bully that's like an upperclassman. I think he's in like grade 10, 11 and he ends up having and contract, contracting HIV AIDS and um, his friends start to see him differently. You know, because it's like, wait, this is my friend, but it's just like, I'm not contagious. You know, the difficulty that they face in AIDS. And to have an episode that touches on teenage suicide, as well as AIDS, as well as abortion in the late 80s, going into the early 90s, at the height of this shit, is a lot. And this is why the show still stands and holds up to this day. Like, I really recommend y'all watching Junior High and High as a way to like, seriously like you know enjoy the show as a whole because it really is a good show if you could get past the time and the era it's really a good show and it really shows you like the kids their outfits that was their own like that's how they dressed real shit crazy as hell um the schools out movie will kind of show itself and show how it was like show how the rest of the cast is doing after if you look at the next generation the first season because you'll kind of see the outcome of what happened to those students that were affected in that movie and what and how they were um in the next generation and stuff also a fun fact about the grassy high is that it also had showed hinting that spike and snake mr simpson and emma's mom miss nelson how they were kind of going to make them a thing in future editions it hints at that in degrassi high like i remember that episode like it's nothing um but overall i will say for kit hood and linda shuller to show what teens go through in a very safe but still hard-hitting way i really do appreciate that Again, I'm not trying to be biased, people. I'm not trying to pick sides. I'm just saying the history of one show versus the other. And I'm also just saying overall, like, this is what it is. This, right here, what it is. This show been going on since 79. I mean, I don't... Look at the time. Look at the time. It's just been here. You know? And they're still trying to bring it back. I mean, what else could you talk about? much more now that social media is literally controlling everyone's minds 
just saying but i believe you could catch if you have hulu you can catch the episodes on hulu and then i want to say if you are on youtube let me just type this in you can actually catch pbs still has them hold on let me yeah, PBS still has them up there, all the episodes of Degrassi Junior High, so you could literally watch them on YouTube for free. And a fun fact, these shits came out 12 years ago, so, wow. And they're not in 4K, guys, like, come on now. But they have all the episodes from Degrassi Junior High and High School, and I recommend you guys watch it. Also, the, pr- the English teacher from Degrassi Junior High and High will be playing the principal in The Next Generation for the first few seasons before Peter's mom, Miss Hazlakos, shows up. I just want to say that's a fucking trooper, okay? Mr. Radich, that's a fucking trooper. And I give him that, being real, being honest. And, um, yeah, so now we're going to go into whatever it takes. All right. Whatever it takes, I know I'm gonna make it through. (laughs) I couldn't help it, but y'all know that intro slaps. (laughs) Shit! If I do, she was going. Ain't on that bitch with the kids in the background singing. Be the best. The best that I can be. I can see that. I know. I know. I will make it get that kiki in but y'all know what we about to talk about child we talking about we talking about we are talking about not talking we are talking about but we are talking about Degrassi the next generation so years down the line it's only been nine years since Degrassi high ended and Degrassi the next generation began and but one of its members definitely had a daughter from the old cast and i'm talking about spike herself and shulier and hood thought why not just use the same formula that we used in the first editions and apply it to the early 2000 standards great idea and then the next generation was born so this time dealing with the um issues such as peer pressure sex rumors drugs self-image online predators okay they were going there i'm not (laughs) i'm not trying to mock it but i will like have my own depiction of each character individually and how i feel about them yeah yeah i'm going there because i got a few words for these motherfuckers all right but it was broadcasted on the end and then the um teen nick and we all are aware that Excuse me, we are all aware that when 
Degrassi was on the end, and when Degrassi was on Team Nick, we saw our kids grow up, and we also saw more shit happening. However, the more shit that happened, the more sh- the more I just fell off, and I just stopped watching it. I'm not gonna lie. Like before I even get into it, I think I stopped watching the Next Generation when when it mainly became about Claire and Eli. It got good. Like I remember bits and pieces. Like I remember certain deaths. I remember certain events happening and things like that. But I will say that that's when I stopped watching. So I'm only going to be talking about the first few seasons of the Next Generation. Only to be fair to Euphoria, because Euphoria only has two going on three. Where Degrassi, the Next Generation, had 14, and then was known as Degrassi. And it, you know, it's it's just to be fair. Um, and also because I've only seen the first few seasons of the grass. Like, I want to say I stopped. I don't know what season that was. Was that 10 or 9? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just know I stopped watching when Claire and Eli were, like, the biggest thing. Um, so grade 8 included Ashley, Terry, Paige, Spinner, and Jimmy. And for season 1 only. But then we got introduced to Craig, Marco, Ellie, and Hazel. And in grade seven, we have Sean, Toby, Emma, Manny, JT, and Liberty. Those are my baby. Um, so let's begin with grade freaking eight. Because I'm going to get on they asses. First up, we have Ashley fucking Kerwin. I couldn't stand Ashley fucking Kerwin. <laughs> and yeah, she going to get all this smoke because I swear to y'all, I did not like this bitch. Like being real and if you look at which we all did you look at the grassy the next generation how she treated terry how everything was supposed to be about her and then got mad when things weren't about her how she tried to keep you know like condescending and talking to uh, talking down and how she's this higher than thou attitude i just didn't like it i really didn't like her ass okay when um Craig and Manny started fucking around and then Manny ended up getting um, pregnant by Craig and then when Ashley's ass find out you know what the fuck this bitch does instead of charging it to the fucking game she announces the whole fucking pregnancy to the entire school cause she mad bitch if you don't go to fuck head and make some fucking music and guess what she ended up doing after that she still went back to Craig. You did all that. This nigga had a baby on you and you wanted to embarrass him the whole time you going back to him. I mean, what's really embarrassing? Who's really the one that's getting embarrassed? Mm. Mm. Yeah. She was also the um, stepsister of Toby. And then it just didn't stop there. Even once Ashley left and came back, she did Jimmy wrong by taking his song off the damn track. I mean, this girl just had... A superiority complex and it's just like you know what you know what girl looking like a damn who from whoville go the fuck on go home we don't want you here okay but i digress i digress just have to get that off my chest i don't like the bitch i ain't like her character and you want to know something i'm gonna give melissa mcintyre her damn credit because for me to not like your fucking character you acted joke ass off. Okay? Go ahead, Melissa, girl. Oh. Oh. Coming back. Coming back. 
one character I did like and I did appreciate and I'm so mad she only got four seasons when it came to her storyline is of course none other than motherfucking Terry trying to find a fucking Terry McGregor I had to get I had to get that on sorry so when it came to Terry McGregor one Terry McGregor was not ugly she was just a plus size girl but Terry was very beautiful for uh, like even besides her being plus size she was very beautiful um also she just was known as being the big girlfriend the one who was insecure but she had niggas sweating her although one of them you know we'll talk about him do i want to talk about him though we gotta talk about him because if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have one of the biggest plot lines in degrassi history if we being real but um she was in an abusive relationship but she was that girl too she was that girl jimmy liked her spinner spinner did fuck with her you know but you know Paige in the earlier seasons was a bitch so you know Paige had to get a one up because Paige didn't want to feel insecure that a big girl could actually get niggas and she was a plus size model okay i just wish they gave terry more attention because they could have took her storyline in so many ways if they wanted to they could have made her have an eating disorder they could have made her you know have more to add on to the show and to her character than what they did instead of having her taken off so soon next up we have the original you know girl before her spot was taken i'm gonna get to her ass in a second we talk about Paige michael chuck y'all and um yeah fucking Paige. The founder and first captain of the Spirit Squad. And then the younger sister of Dylan Michael Chuck, who is Marco's boyfriend and love interest. And we gonna get to my friend Marco in a second. Um, the first seasons, I would say the first two seasons, Paige, you know, was the bitchy girl, you know, the mean girl at school. But they really did a good job with her storylines when Paige was sexually assaulted. And just how they stretched that out in a way that how like in a realistic way because what she went through in that situation and how she felt afterwards and coming to terms with it and then taking action and then once justice wasn't served how she did after the fact it really did take a place and um take a big part in her character arc in that way um also Paige like I said Paige was a bitchy girl but she had her fun loving moments in later seasons like when she started like graduating um after she graduated and went to college you know she had it was the it was the trio marco ellie page a trio that you really wouldn't expect to happen but it happened and i love that trio so much um when it comes to page page was like she was a bitch but at the same time when it came to ellie cutting herself she cared and she showed concern when it came to um her being sexually assaulted that gave her a whole switch around and that really like made her see life differently and everything also her relationship with alex i mean come on that was my first glimpse of um a lesbian relationship on tv ever like real shit i'm like eh? um her relationship with spinner and then her relationship with that teacher that she had I mean, personally, I did enjoy her and Spinner together, but they were kind of boring. There was no drama. Where's the, there, there was nothing. 
it was nothing. And of course, you know, when the Queen Bee's reign is about to end, you know, she got threatened by the new girl about to come get her ass. And that girl was Manny Santos. But we're going to talk about her later on. Because, you know, that's, that's, that's Um, And then we have Spinner. Spinner Mason, which was exactly your average bully. Spinner was the longest person, the person that was on the show the longest after his season like after the earlier seasons on spinner was the longest person here like i don't think spinner left until when the fuck did he leave did he left like like when did he leave I just... <laughs> he was class of 2007 but i'm pretty sure he did not leave. Oh, okay. He left in like 2008. 01 to 08. Spinner was there for a minute. Okay. Um, at first, regular average school bully. Best friends with Jimmy Brooks. Spinner, I would say most of the audience had a love-hate relationship for Spinner for obvious reasons. Um, first off, him just being himself and being mean to the underclassmen or just being a bully period and then him being the one that set up his friend his best friend to get shot over because he was hanging out with jay and even jay has a um, redemption arc and everything we'll get to that but um just him being in that you know in that space and everything or at least being in that um like from that and then humbling himself and then getting with Darcy who was a Christian and then getting testicular cancer and then getting shot all while trying to graduate and then ending up marrying Emma he had a fucking ride and you know what I was fucking here for it because I actually enjoyed Spinner um and then of course Jimmy played by Drake now before i even go into jimmy this is how you can tell a person's age if a person sees degrassi and they say oh my god it's drake versus a person that sees drake and says oh my god it's wheelchair jimmy that's literally how you can tell a person's age because i was part of the generation where i knew he was wheelchair jimmy and i didn't think he was serious with the music until he got with Young Money. And I'm like, oh shit, that's Drake. That's Aubrey Graham. Fuck a damn wheelchair Jimmy. But you have some kids now that are tuning into Degrassi that didn't watch it while it was in syndication. I was just like, oh shit, it's Drake. So that's another way you could tell. Um, Like I said in the last segment, Lucy, who had neglectful parents, she was a person of color. Drake was the same way. He was just, you know, popular kid, cocky athlete who of course was a part of one of the biggest storylines in Degrassi history with him ending up being shot and being paralyzed from the waist down um he goes through his issues with Ashley of course he chooses himself as he fucking should because she didn't deserve him she didn't deserve him and then um having the you know forgiveness forgiving heart to forgive Spinner for making him this way, I mean, come on now. You know, I can't say too much on Jimmy only because his biggest plots were either an athlete or 
the, the shooting that made him become crippled. And it literally goes in that order. It's really no other way to stretch his character out. But what I will say, they should have stretched his character out as much as they could have. Um, and then in season two, we get Marco. Marco is the gay bestie. Okay. Marco ends up getting in a relationship with Paige's brother that doesn't last long because, you know, Paige's brother's in college and, you know, Marco gotta find himself. Um, I feel like they utilized Marco enough in earlier seasons to come because he was dealing with his homosexuality and coming out and being a actual openly gay man and dealing with the issues that gay men face as well as coming out to his friends and still being accepted. Other than that, he really didn't have much of a big storyline, but that storyline was big enough. That makes sense. And he's a memorable character. And then we have our girl, Ellie. I will say Ellie definitely set the tone for some of my friends. So, you know, be hot topic queens. You bitches know who you are. Um, Ellie was dealing with a father who was drafted overseas. And then her mother, who is alcoholic, and then she gets into a relationship with Sean, and then she gets into a relationship with Craig, then she gets into a relationship with this other guy. Um, excuse me. Her and Paige become friends under certain circumstances because Ellie was cutting herself. And in order to, um, in order to not, I wouldn't say get over, but in order to heal from that, she had good friends in Paige and good friends in Marco. And Marco and Ellie was also the first person to know that Marco was gay, in fact, and not really just not into her. Um, they could have utilized Ellie too, but they did what they could with her. And then Hazel. Hazel, they only gave her that one storyline of when she was not proud of her Islamic heritage and her, you know, nationality and ethnicity. And they could have utilized her more, but she was just a side friend who really gave brutally honest opinions and was really there for her friends. But like I said, one thing I'll say about Degrassi, the next generation, they did not utilize their characters and their cast of color to their advantage like they could have. They could have utilized Hazel to go through some racial discrimination and whatnot. However, instead, they make her ashamed of her own heritage due to, at the time, after 9-11 had happened, it was a lot of Muslims and a lot of Islamic and a lot of Middle Eastern people that were facing a lot of discrimination. And if you told someone that you were, it was not a pretty outcome. And that's just upsetting. Whole time, we already know who was in charge of the 9-11 attacks. But I'm not going to say that too much because, you know, they might flag this. T, so, then we got fucking Craig. <laughs> Craig, like his stepdaddy, playboy. Craig, you know, um, first the first episode of season two, uh, when Doves Cry, it was a two-parter, and Craig was getting abused by his father, and then he, you know, had to leave because, yeah, his father was wow, you know, his father was just wow. Um, but definitely Craig was, he made a fucking impact when he got to Degrassi. First, Emma liked him, but he didn't like Emma, so he ended up liking Manny instead, and that whole story with between him, Manny, and Ashley, I mean, girl. Craig was also like a singer, songwriter. That's why him and Ashley clicked up because Ashley was also intuitive with music. So was Craig. It's just that Craig was a cheater. 
Okay, Craig ain't shit. Okay, he also has a bad bipolar disorder, which could also be the reasons why he ain't shit. Okay, um, he did Ellie wrong. Okay, um, he's a good friend, but he's a terrible fucking boyfriend. Like, this guy, this fucking guy, man, listen, listen, guy, listen. Anyway, um, <laughs> if y'all want to go in on Craig, go comment on one of the YouTube shits, okay? Now I'm going to go on to grade seven. And grade seven included, like I said, it included Sean, Toby, Emma, Manny, JT, and Liberty. So Sean was basically held back. And instead of going to grade eight, he's supposed to be in grade eight, but he's in grade seven. He's also Emma's love interest. Personally, I wanted Sean and Emma to be in game because Sean was really the only one who could handle Emma's shit as a boyfriend because, girl, we going to get into her ass. Um, also with Sean, Sean had a troubled background. Sean also played a big part in the shooting episode because within the shooting episode, Sean, oh, also Rick was part of that grade eight class, but I feel like it's that, that should just be his whole own. But the main people affected by that shooting were just about everyone. Jimmy got shot, became paralyzed. Um, Rick was the shooter, but also Sean was affected because Sean had a history. The reason why he even came to Degrassi was because he had beat up this boy and made his ears bleed and caused him to be deaf in one ear. So then when Sean goes to Degrassi and he's trying to help his, um, or trying to save Emma because Rick wanted to point the gun at Emma because Rick had misread Emma's intentions as if he, as if she wanted him the whole time. He didn't want her. Also, Rick was abusive boyfriend to Terry, which caused Terry to not even be in the show anymore. So that's why it's really fuck Rick. However, Sean tries to stop Rick from shooting the gun. Sean ends up shooting Rick and killing Rick. And Sean has to go through a lot of things. Next thing I know with Sean, his hair got longer. Okay. I like long hair, Sean. I did not like Eminem, Sean. Didn't care for him. But Sean's hair gets longer, he comes back. Um, Emma starts messing with that fuckhead Peter. Fucking Peter. And then with Peter, Peter sits up there and plants drugs in Sean's locker, which causes Sean to get locked up. And then Sean gets out, and then Sean gets drafted to the Marines, and that that's the end of Sean. Unfortunately. I really did want him and Emma to be endgame, because they were like... That's like nostalgic, and they were cute together. And like I said, he, he was the only one that could handle Emma's ass. Up next, we have um, Toby. Toby was definitely he only had one issue. He was he was what was it? He had an eating disorder because he wanted to gain weight for the wrestling team. However, Toby was just the nerdy one. As much as I could try to add on to Toby's plotline, I really couldn't because they didn't give him one. Now, I will say Toby was supposed to have an interesting plotline because if y'all don't remember, Spinner had a little sister named Kendra who was adopted. And apparently Kendra was taken out of the show because there was supposed to be a sex plotline between her and Toby about, you know, no. And Kendra's parents was like, eh, eh, not happening. We taking our daughter out the show. So Toby luck, like, was lucked out without, like, he, he just, 
he just didn't have a plot line after that. And also JT's man. Okay, speaking of James Tiberius York, rest in peace to JT, because that's what? I cried. That was the first episode I saw of the Grassi, and I cried. I cried, I cried, I cried. Now, he really left the show to pursue his college education. But damn it that they had to kill him off. Because they was like, nope, it's no chance he coming back. And I was very hurt because you know him and Liberty. He realized Liberty was his oatmeal. Huh? After the whole shit they went through and then boom. And then Liberty come outside and she found her man dead, stabbed in the back. And she's screaming, help and everything. And that episode alone of JT passing was like the reaction of um, of Manny and Sean and to and them just coming to hug Liberty. It was literally so sad because it's like, damn, these are our seventh grade babies and they just lost a literal important part of them. Crazy as hell. Um, but he was the funny class clown and he was trying to be there for Liberty, but Liberty, they had got, uh, Liberty got pregnant. She wanted to give her child up for adoption. And it hurt her because when um, Nia Dobriv, I, I can't think of her name off the top of my head right now when it comes to the show, her character's name. But when Nina came on the show and her daughter, she had a daughter and everything and JT was playing stepdaddy and whatnot, that hurt Liberty because she thought like, oh shit, you know, but that was Liberty's choice. Um, and then we have Liberty Van Zant student council smart girl um just very but at the same time she's very smart but at the same time she kind of had selfish moments but she did it for the greater good of herself and it was unfortunate how she lost her love jt and whatnot but very smart very like a very positive version or a positive um character of color that they had on the show you know she did get pregnant she did give the baby up and everything but accidents happen mistakes happen um yeah then her and toby had a thing but i think they only did it just to grieve and get over jt but i still think that was fucked up like liberty had her moments y'all the, the girl had her moments i'm gonna be real and then we have emma and manny The only ones that could put up with each other. First off, Manny, it girl. She had that it girl factor. I hated when she got bangs. I didn't like it when her hair was blonde. I loved it when she got with Jay. I loved it when she, you know, she really became it girl status. Like, y'all cannot take away that walk down the hall with her G-string higher than a fucking sky. Bitch. And then Emma was low-key hating, and Paige was definitely jealous. But Emma was just like, oh, why are you dressed like that? You know, being very judgy. And it's like, girl, please. And hey, Manny was just your all-around, like, you know, although she was entire, like, although she was called the school slut, I personally didn't agree with that, only because it was just like, girl, the only time she was, hello, hold on, let me, no, no, no. The only time she was really like wrong was being okay with being the side bitch to Craig. 
you know, and, and, and that. I'll say that much. But her dating around, did she really take Spinner from Paige or did Spinner willingly just get with Manny? You know, but that ended bad because, well, they weren't together for long. Um, who else? And then, you know, yeah, that it girl. That's all I could say for Manny. I loved Manny. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't see nothing wrong with her. Personally, did it. Now, as for her friend Emma, girl, the more I get older, Emma is problematic. But I would say Emma is very, she, she doesn't think before she speaks and she projects a lot. And she thinks she's helping at times when it's like, girl, just sit this one out. You're not really helping at this. You can't be too judgy if you're trying to be helpful. And um, she really has like Caitlyn's background, but it's just her mouth. It's like, girl. And then her faces were kind of funny, but you know, but we rooted for Emma because Emma, she changed, she turned around and you know, she got her shit the fuck together. Although she married Spinner. Even the directors of the show don't know what the fuck happened to that. Um, they truly don't. Yeah, no. You know. Alright, so... What I'm gonna do in the next segment, because I know this is probably well over, but what I'm gonna do is just go over my favorite plot lines for each character in The Next Generation, and then we're gonna get right into the part two, because this is gonna be a two-parter. Letting y'all know that now. It's gonna be a two-parter. All right, so I'm going to make this quick because I don't want this episode to be too long for you guys because it's a two-parter. Trying to make sure you guys have the attention drawn and whatnot. So it's just going to be really quick. My favorite plot line for each character, at least each of the main ones that were from the earlier seasons. Um, My favorite plot line for Paige was her sexually assaulted plot line because how they really did drag it out, not drag it out, but stretched it out, excuse me, and showed you the different like how like how it really is to get over or to really come to terms with that you have in fact been sexually assaulted the writers did a really good job showing that um because at first you see how she was after the fact you know you see that she's coming to terms with like no it was my fault I did this however you really have to think like no means no no means no no means no and if she says no the first time please don't convince her to say yes because that's coercing someone into doing something that they don't want to do which is also considered rape just saying um and how her character development definitely changed from the impact of her sexual assault was really good to see because she came she became more stronger she became humble she became more you know attentive and stuff like that um ellie when hers was a self-harming um because you wouldn't well you would but then it's just like you want someone who is self-harming themselves to really become under or at least to love themselves enough and to like at least somebody tell them that they do care about her and in ellie's situation she was very much so going through a lot her father wasn't there she dealt with her alcoholic mom and then for this is when the friendship between Paige and Ellie had formed in my opinion 
when Paige came out and really told Ellie, like, I care, I don't want you hurting yourself, that was really good for her because Ellie needed that. She needed to see that someone cared. Your father's overseas fighting a war. Your mother's intoxicating yourself. Who could really tell you, like, hey, I care. I'm paying attention. I love you. I'm here for you. Um, Ashley's e-pill story. Like I said, I don't care for the girl, but I will say her e-pill story I'll give her take. I'll give it to her. Like, old girl was definitely like, oh, some real wild shit. And her reactions to being on that pill were actually kind of funny to me. And that's the only storyline I really liked of hers. Cause like, damn, it just showed the rise and fall. But at the same time, how she was affected after doing that, like that bitch went gone fuck <laughs> there's that um for jimmy i'm not going to say the shooting because i think jimmy as his character deserves a little bit more recognition than just being known as the black boy who got shot and was handicapped for the rest of his time on the show i want to talk about his plot line of forgiving his ex-best friend because let's be real how many motherfuckers you know you still gonna be cool with that set you up to get paralyzed. I don't know too many, cause I'm not one of them. So I wouldn't be around, you know, that's just me. And the fact that Jimmy, it took him a while, but he still ended up forgiving Spinner for doing something like that. That shows his growth. And that just shows how his character is. He's a nice guy, but damn, you know, damn. And ironically, my favorite plot line with Spinner is when he gets shot because you know, a former student from Lakers comes. This is when Holly J was working at the dot. And this is when Spinner, you know, is a changed guy. This is around the time he no longer has testicular cancer, I believe. But I do remember that episode when Spinner gets shot. And um, Holly J pleads for his life and everything. And he's eventually saved. And, um, you know, he's just gotten shot. But I will say it's ironic how... Jimmy got shot and was paralyzed and Spinner got shot and he was like safe you know he just you know his mindset changed um Terry I'm not gonna talk about the abusive relationship she went through with Rick but I will say her plus size modeling gig because I remember the episode where Ashley and Paige were going at it to be noticed by a talent director which was Toby's mom and come to find out they didn't get recognized but Terry did and she got the modeling gig and she was letting motherfuckers know like oh yeah i make way more than you than you are scooping up them ice cream cones honey honey okay and that's what the fuck she did and that's what she's supposed to do um that was my favorite plot line for her marco's coming out plot line i enjoyed looking at that because it really i just enjoyed how certain of their major plot lines and even some of the minor plot lines really did affect the character later on because you really see it if you really watch the show you see how their outcome was after the fact like with marco his dad knew that he was already gay he, he already knew but marco and he accepted him it was his mother on the other hand that couldn't really come to terms with her son being you know homosexual and then you just see how some of his friends treat him the same and how some of his friends like spinner looked at him differently but that didn't change who he was as a person so i like that one rick's storyline it's like 
conflicted me because I don't feel bad for what happened. Like the treatment he got after he did what he did to Terry because he caused her to not only be in a coma, but to transfer schools. And we never saw Terry again. But also it just showed the outcome of when bullying gets taken too far. And at the same time, like I said, I don't like what he did to Terry. I don't. But I do believe karma should come in its own form. It should not be dealt with through people. Because when you deal with your own, like when you become a person's karma, you got to worry about what karma going to do to you. Because people should not be in charge of other people's lives, in my opinion. When they get to an age of actually knowing what to do, it shouldn't be. They shouldn't be in charge of other people's lives. Um, so, for instance, how they didn't do anything after the paint was spilled on him. And how you mean to tell me nobody saw him and nobody like you know said anything or nobody had any details until the ones who did it came out and said something it says a lot also with um another thing but degrassi before the shooting versus degrassi after the shooting two different shows two different shows like that shooting really did set a tone for the rest of the series um up until um more classes started coming in and things like that but yeah just like how after um the Lakehurst and coming into Degrassi and things like that and that meshing up but yeah definitely Rick was a big part of Degrassi because it showed Degrassi before and Degrassi after Hazel really didn't have any plot lines but I'm guessing I'm just gonna have to go with her appreciating her Muslim culture and everything and just really just showing her love and appreciation for being a Muslima. That's really all I gotta say. She didn't really have a lot of plot lines, unfortunately. Craig, my favorite plot line was him, was his, was his bipolar disorder and how he reacted to Ashley leaving and how he just blacked out on his um, stepdad, Joey. And it showed you what the fuck. And that actor, the one who played Craig, really did his damn thing in that hotel room, tearing that shit up and going crazy. He really did his damn thing. Like, I really give the cast of Degrassi big ups because they really are good actors for some teens. If you're, if we're really going to talk about it, let's talk about it. Um, but I love that plot line. Emma had so many, but I'm going to go with the purple dragon when she was like a purple dragon spokesgirl. And the girl was just like, you don't have a right to wear that purple dress. And she was like, you're right. I don't even want to wear this purple dress. And she takes it all off in front of not only her stepfather, but the whole school. And all you see is Emma's titties <laughs> and her underwear. It's like, this is not recyclable, Emma. <laughs> girl, um, that was my favorite of Emma's. Manny's plot line was, of course, the transformation. Y'all. The transformation plot line you know it's it, it a girl like she really had the girls upset from that and it's uh, it's amazing when you look at it damn little old me got all you big bitches mad that's crazy all because you know that i have that you're just jealous as she always would say um jt's plot line when he started trapping um when he was doing like Oxy and stuff like that and trying to sell Oxy with Jay. And then he ended up almost committing suicide by taking too many Oxys, which caused him and Liberty to break up finally until, you know, his tragic death. 
until he realized he really did love Liberty and things like that. But I do like that plot line. Liberty, I like the adoption plot line because to see someone who is so headstrong and so smart and so responsible and to see her ending up becoming a teen mom and a big decision, which was to either take care of or give your child up was just like for liberty anyway was like wow that's a big deal so i want to say i like that plot line of her toby didn't really have a big plot line i'm just going to say the eating disorder plot line because what i did like is that they didn't do an eating disorder until later seasons but the earlier seasons they didn't talk about eating disorders with a girl they did it with the guy and lord behold there's a lot of guys who do go through eating disorders just as much as as females do and it really is not talked about a lot so I give the show credit for actually talking about it with a young man especially when it's a teenager because a lot of them do go through that and it's upsetting but a lot of them do go through that and we have to have these conversations more with these men so they can at least open up I'm just saying um Sean's plot line I like it was two of them I loved his on again off again relationship with Emma but I also did like his um, coming to terms and saying to his parents, like, I'm not okay. I'm not good. The boy who sh- was about to shoot Emma and the boy who shot the school, I shot him in defense of, and this is the second time I actually did something to someone that I didn't mean to do. Cause his first time he did, the reason why he even moved to Degrassi was because he had punched a boy in his ear and that caused him to um, become deaf in that one ear. And then now I killed someone on self-defense. That's a lot for a teenager to take. And just him realizing like, I'm not okay. I do need help. I need you guys. I, I, I want to come home and I want to stay home. And he did. And those are my favorite plot lines from that generation of Degrassi. And y'all, like I said, don't get upset with me. I could have gone into the Holly J and Sav and Fiona and um, Danny and Jane and, 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 and Eli and Claire and Adam and all these stuff. And But I'm being honest with y'all, we'd be here all day. And like I said, it would not be fair to use that whole the whole series and compare that to Euphoria that's only been around since 2019. It just wouldn't be fair. So, speaking of that, this is the end of part one for the two-parter episode of the Grassy vs. Euphoria. Whatever it takes, I'm going to do drugs. <laughs> and um, I will see you for the next one. <laughs>